This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And this is episode 48. Wow, man. And we usually talk about uh, a fun thing that revolves around the number of the episode. Yeah. We've done that before. Sure. 48 is fun. Like, you know, it's the one between 47 and 49, for instance. So there's a good example <laughs> of talking about a number in a fun way. Like a fun factoid. Right. <laughs> um, but we would be remiss if we didn't uh, immediately bring up the events of the past week. Yeah, it's been sort of a heck of a time for us since we were last in the studio. Um, when we recorded our episode last week, uh, the theme was Barack Obama, and it was the morning of the election. And obviously, little did we know uh, what the results would be. Um, but obviously, in our circle, and certainly in our community out here, uh, there have been a cocktail of feelings amongst our friends and peers that include uh, confusion and uh disillusionment and some sadness and some anger and uh, also uh, a, a galvanized a sort of a, a galvanization where I feel like uh, we've been to a handful of protests and marches and uh, there's a thirst to be better informed now, which I think is good. I think there is a sense of empowerment with yeah. our friends and community. I think we might have been a little lethargic to or assumed that the world will take care of it. Yeah. And yeah. now I think we're taking a little bit more personal responsibility based on the results of the election. That's for sure. And and this is going to be something that, I mean, and Billy and I were talking about this last night, and it's almost the only thing that any of us have been talking about, obviously, for the past week. But um, this is the beginning of a process. And I know that, you know, we're feeling particularly heated. Uh, the, the atmosphere and the climate uh, is particularly tenuous and heated right now. Um, but this political landscape is something that uh, we will obviously have evolving points of view and evolving opinions on. And we will certainly be honest with you, our listeners, about how we feel about things Yes, uh, as this evolves. And we will not be shy to speak our minds, certainly. I agree. And yeah. I think that uh, one of the best things about No Joke has been the dialogue that we get to have when we're not recording the podcast. Very much so. Whether it's on Twitter, whether you email us at nojokepod at gmail.com. Yep. Um, or nojokepodcast, I believe, at gmail.com. Yeah. It's the opportunity for someone who maybe doesn't agree with us but yeah. likes the show to tell us what they're feeling yeah. and where their motivations lie yes. and um, what they're excited about in the future because that's kind of what seemed like the takeaway from it all was that everyone felt a certain way. But then when the election results came in, we realized there was very it was very divisive yeah. or there was a, a lot of different schools of thought that yes. we didn't necessarily agree on. Yeah, yeah. And I found that a cool thing on Facebook is a lot of my friends are trying to bridge the gap with – um, people from across party lines yep. and have a conversation. Bubble to bubble reach out. Not a debate, a conversation. Dialogue. The results are in yeah. and now let's try and learn from one another. Yeah. yeah. And these are all those healthy next steps that kind of come out of chaos and tragedy. Yes. When everyone kind of takes a second and addresses that we're all a little confused. We're yep. all a little scared. Yep. Some of us are very empowered. Yep. What do we do next? Absolutely. And, and that it, is a dialogue and a reaching out and a widening and deepening of compassion and empathy. Another thing that <clears throat> pardon me that we've discussed. Yes. Um, I feel like that is where we are at as a as a people and as a citizen republic. Right. <laughs> uh, and we are excited 
uh, in the face and maybe because of, at least I can speak for myself, my various feelings of, to be totally frank, um, anger and sadness. <laughs> yes. And I think that there is, um, I think that amongst those cocktail of feelings is also a desire to learn and to grow and to expand my consciousness, um, to incorporate many, many other points of view. And I'm excited to have an open heart and an open mind moving forward. Yes. And that's all. And we don't submit to the hate and anger that we may see in what the White House or in Washington. We right. don't submit to that. No. We always fight for what we believe in. Yeah. And that's a personal responsibility that we all need to take on. Yes. If we are getting upset about the things that we can't control, yep. then we need to focus on the things that we can and make sure that our communities are a better and stronger place Absolutely. moving forward. I left a message for my senator yesterday, something I never thought I would do. Oh, yeah? How did that yeah. go? <laughs> a lot of people have been doing that. I've done that as well. Yeah. Did they pick up or was it an answer machine? What, right to voicemail. Is that a relief? A big relief. I didn't want to actually speak to Barbara Boxer. Barbara Boxer picks up. What's the first thing you say? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, but, but sorry. Barbara, I'm so sorry. I just thought that it was going to be... Anyway, love you. Bye. Same. Yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> Loved you on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Oh, really? Remember? Star that, turn? Yeah. And that great episode of Curb where Larry donates to the museum anonymously. Barbara is Barbara Senator Barbara Boxer is at the and he the issue that Larry takes up with his senator yes. is the dry cleaning issue. Go it's on. An issue specifically what is it? I think it's a dry cleaning receipt issue or I think he's disgruntled with his personal dry cleaners and he takes that very personal issue up with Senator Barbara Boxer. Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. At the end of the episode, he needs for safety to get into the museum, and he keeps screaming, I'm anonymous. And the security guard won't let him in, even though he's the one who made the anonymous donation. And the security guard won't let him I'm anonymous. I'm anonymous. Yeah. So Barbara Boxer is basically essentially forever in our good graces. Okay. So you were met with her answering machine. Met with her answering machine. And uh, this was specifically in relation to the Steve Bannon hire in the White House and the West Wing as one of Trump's main political advisors. So... Uh, uh, it was just uh, – and I just think it's interesting that one of the weird takeaways has been uh, – I just think it's funny and not not even ironic but just a tidbit to be like, honestly, the, the way like internet be damned, 21st century smartphones be damned, the most effective path to change, call your congressperson. Right. <laughs> Talk to people. Talk to your congressperson. Talk to your elected official. That's the craziest thing. <laughs> real real things happen. I mean it's so easy to hide behind your Twitter yeah. and behind your Facebook and right. say these things. But real dialogue happens and you are forced to empathize and listen to someone so yeah. much more when it's a voice. Yeah. That's when we become humans again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I get, the, I get the need to call. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like this sort of activism that has been activated in some of us here um, ha really has manifested itself, I think, most productively and efficiently on a hyper-local level. You yeah. can really affect change most effectively in your immediate circle. Yep. Control um, what you can control what and you make can. it the best that you can. Yeah. Um, but it felt good. It felt like – it just felt like a step to take. That's right. One of many steps that we will be taking over the course of Lord knows how long. That's right. Um, but – Justice and and you know what they say the arc of history is long but it bends towards justice and it is a zigzag and we must sort of have an understanding that this country is a big stinking place with a whole lot of different points of view and it is it behooves you to sort of focus on what you can change directly correct or affect directly correct yeah do not submit to hate. No. Do not submit um, to hate. There was a John Patrick Shanley quote who is a wonderful author and playwright that our friend Chris sent me that I found actually very comforting. Uh, and it said, it's a new day. I need to enter that day fully. I have my sword and shield at the ready. I have my books, my spirit and heart. What comes? And I feel the same. I Beautiful. feel we are armed with our knowledge and our compassion. And I have my spirit and my heart and I will enter every day fully. What comes? Beautiful. That's kind of how I feel. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I watched Les Mis. 
Yeah, you did. Give me a revolution. Did that, give me a full revolution with music. Do you hear the goddamn people, <laughs> people sing, sing right now? Okay, because they're singing so <laughs> loud. You've always loved Les Mis, Bill, but no. now that we now it like takes on a different kind of energy or something. Now, <laughs> give me Marius. Give me Valjean. Yes. Give me all of the revolutionaries. Yes. Give me Red and Black. Give yes. me every song on that soundtrack. What was the first time you interacted with Les Mis? Probably a cassette tape in my mom's Hyundai Elantra. That's right, because your mom is a big uh, musical theater and theater. She's an actress. Big time. Yes. Big time. Yes. She loves musical theater, yeah. raised my family on it. And my, for my sister, it was Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. But for me, I don't know what it was. Les Mis. I mean, the music is just so good. And the older I got and the older I get, the more the story resonates yeah. with me. Yeah. You know, there's so many different layered stories going on in that yeah. play. Yeah. And the music's the best. <clears throat> the music is all tr- kind of actually the best. And I've actually turned to music a lot this in this past week yeah. for some sort of comfort and to actually mm-hmm. hear other people's struggles through song. Yeah. And when I need like good like a good mood, I listen to happy music, and yeah. it's really gotten me through a lot. Yeah. But do you hear the people sing, man? Run through a brick wall for that it song. Straightens the spine. Yes. It really straightens the spine. Yeah. We had a, a karaoke party the other night. Correct. Uh, and you and I sang. Do you hear the people sing? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Together in a very inebriated state, That's uh, right. which almost makes it better. Yes. Yeah. That was actually the closing number. <laughs> we clo- we shut the karaoke party down. We were the people. We were the people. We the people. They heard us sing and they said, "Stop singing." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Um, yeah. So I heard the people sing. Uh, yeah. We week. heard that. Yes. Um. But look. We agreed, Adam, we discussed this in advance, yeah. that this could become a political podcast unless we're careful. Right. Because it's definitely all-consuming right now. Yes. But we recognize that we have a responsibility to ourselves, to the listeners at home, and to, frankly, just everyone around us to not lose sight of the fact that we're also joyful, silly people. That's also very true. You know? Which has a lot of value. Yes. Almost especially so now. Because we cannot submit to hate. No, we, we cannot. Can, we cannot allow ourselves to change who we are simply because the country has changed for a short while. We choose to double, nay, triple down on silliness. Right. <laughs> so this isn't going to be an episode about Trump, no. Republicans, Democrats, protests. It's not going to be about That's that. That's all in the air and that will inform our opinion organically and naturally because we are informed citizens as we encourage you to be. Instead... We're going to talk about mac and cheese. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. Amen. Soda, beer, wine. Big fat turkey in the middle. We're talking Thanksgiving. Tea giving, the holiday that is right around the corner. Next freaking week this year has flown by. Yes. I can't believe Thanksgiving is next week. Isn't it incredible that all other things just blew to the wayside? Like, I I know that for me personally, people were calling out of work or just canceling phone calls. And it was completely... It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And now it's Thanksgiving. I know. The... Arguably the most uh, uncomfortable time <sighs> when you and family members may not be seeing eye to eye to sit around and say what you're thankful Dig for. Dig in, grab your knife, grab your fork, grab your ideals, and let's go. Oh, it's yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we having ideals for dessert? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are we having argument for dessert? Right. Was yes. Thanksgiving celebrated a lot in your house growing oh, up? Oh, man, then? Thanksgiving was a big deal. Really? I'm kind of always. I'm not a big deal, but it was, it was the holiday. I don't know. I feel like we all have... Not all, I shouldn't say that, but uh, I have a lot of warm associations with Thanksgiving specifically. A lot of familial and and friend love right. and cousins. It was one of the only opportunities. I have a very, very small family, not too many cousins, zero first cousins, a handful of second cousins. And it was one of the few opportunities throughout the year. Maybe Passover was one when I was growing up. Right. It was like Passover in the spring and Thanksgiving in the fall. Okay. Were kind of like the two times over the course of the calendar year. You, where where I you would, would see your family. See some cousins, yeah. See family that I wouldn't normally. Right. We would go to Syracuse sometimes, go to Ithaca sometimes. They would come to our house sometimes. Thanksgiving is the type of holiday where it really feels like it's more about family and less about what we're celebrating. Yeah. Like, do do your family, like, 
discuss what like Thanksgiving was and did you celebrate that? Gosh, that's a great question. Because to me, Thanksgiving is like the color orange. <laughs> turkey hands. Turkey hands. Yeah. Football. Yeah. Like, I don't I, – I, like unless I think about it. Yes. The Pilgrims? <laughs> yes. Well, the, once again, we have immediately <laughs> – Oh, no. Oh, right no. after we say, we're not going to be a political podcast. Now let's talk about Thanksgiving. Well, what is Thanksgiving? Well, <laughs> actually oh, – You're so right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sort of relates to imperialism and genocide, <laughs> but we can avoid that. No, yeah. no. Let's not avoid it for no, a no, second. No. Just do walk me through the history of Thanksgiving, please, for oh, what you know. Well, again, I am in no way a historian whatsoever, um, but you know Native Americans – lived here and then the pilgrims came from and, where uh from billy spain from, from all over from europe from england this is not christopher columbus uh this oh geez it's okay we're working through this together oh gosh the people listening at home may not know as well <laughs> this is not a hardcore this is not hardcore history okay yeah. did christopher columbus this is okay we're working through this we're together through this together i oh. just hope none of my history teachers are listening i do yeah <laughs> i hope they're all listening welcome to no joke welcome to no joke nina pinta santa maria yeah those are his three ships those are his three ships <laughs> they roll up on america yeah thinking it's, find... in, thinking it's india okay he thought it was India, which the, is why he misnomered the Native Americans who were living there as Indians. And now the Cleveland baseball team is called that. Let's just forget that for yeah, a second. Yeah, that's hard. Also, yeah. congratulations, Chicago Cubs. Congratulations, Cubs. Okay. So the three boats roll up yep. on America. Yes. And and there's conflict or whatever it is. Yes. Um, but this is the genesis of Thanksgiving beginning? I mean, I think that in the – I think that the narrative that has evolved over time to what Thanksgiving has become is the pilgrims coming to this land in encountering the Native Americans, having a peaceful conversation, all sitting down to a big meal together of turkey and stuffing and mac and cheese and cranberry sauce and turkey hands. Right. I think that is the narrative that we have uh, propagated and that we – that is the uh, sterile PG version of history. We've all seen Christopher Columbus teach the first Native American how to make a turkey hand. Yeah, exactly. We've all <laughs> that seen that. That iconic photo. And, tell, and explain to him how the cowboys and lions always play on Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> yeah. We all know that we all know that piece of the Thanksgiving mythology. Right. I think that the truth is obviously much more sordid and uh, heartbreaking and conflict-ridden than right, that. Right, um, And it may or may not include giving Native Americans smallpox-covered blankets to kill them and things like that. Not going to get into anything too heavy. Not going to get too heavy. Not going to get too heavy. We draw the line at smallpox We draw blankets. the line at smallpox. Um, there's a book, my, English, my 11th grade um, AP history teacher, one of my favorite teachers of all time, and I will say, Mr. Mark Diefendorf, thank you for being an amazing teacher. Okay. Um, our 11th grade history teacher at my high school assigned uh, – our history textbook was a book by Howard Zinn called A People's History of the United States. Read it. So excellent. Read it. It's really, really good. People's History of the United States. Read it. By Howard Zinn. Uh, and it is, you know, this sort of uh, counter-history book that says this is what your history books have told you right. about American history. Right. And here is – what really kind of happened? I believe of. the first 10 pages of that book um, opened with Christopher Columbus. Yeah, the first chapter is all about Christopher Columbus. And there's a character um, in this book, in the first 10 pages, that I found so sad and hilarious. Really? So I believe, and again, look, we're trying, we're repiecing <laughs> we're, we're, what we think we might know our about memories American memories are not perfect. No. no. <laughs> Christopher Columbus uh, gets these three boats, and it's the Queen of Spain or the Queen of it's Spain. It, it's a queen, yes, somewhere says that yes. if you do find the new land, yes, um, the first person who finds it will be given a bounty so large that like they and like all of their families, like generations to come, it'll be like ten thousand blanks a year. Yes, okay, something like absolutely life. Yes, you'll be set for life. Three boats are rolling up. Yep. 
this guy on the boat is standing in this really like specific and convenient spot. His name is Santiago, I believe. Okay. Or Rodrigo. Okay. And he sees land. And he literally looks up and goes, land, and points to it, knowing that he will receive the bounty. The bounty. And w- as he was saying the D in land, Christopher Columbus puts his hand on his head, pushes him down, and says, land. <laughs> and now we celebrate and Big Chris. Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. Uh, that's the first act breakout. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Um, should we play by. a song first? Sure, let's do that. Let's play a song Let's play first. a nice song, yeah. Okay. You and I have been crushing on this new Tribe Called Quest album Correct. that we were talking about right before we started recording, which came out this past week Yes, yes. Yes. Download, buy the album if you haven't already. Definitely. It's a, it's a necessary album during this time of year. Yes. We'll be right back. Cause we the people are still here in the rear, yo, we don't need you. You ain't killing off good young nigga mood. When we get hungry, we eat the same fucking food. The ramen noodle. This simple voodoo is so maniacal, reliable, the pull of juju. The irony is that this bad bitch in my lap. She don't tell me she make money, she don't study that. She gon' give it to me, ain't gon' tell me none of that. She gon' take the brain away the place she spit on that. The doors are signs with it. Don't try to rhyme with it. VH1 has a show that you can waste your time with. Guilty pleasure, take the edge off reality and for a salary. I probably do that just sporadically. The OG Gucci boots are smitten with iguanas. The IRS piranhas see a nigga getting common. Niggas in the hood living in a fishbowl. Gentrify here, now it's not a shithole. Trend set up, I know my shit's cold. And set up it because I ain't so global. All you black folks, you must go. In the smog of the media that logs false narratives of guys that came up against the odds. We're not just nigga rappers with the bars. It's kids with that big conflict with the stars. You bastards overlooking street art. Better yet, street smart, but you keep us off the chart. Some of the fucking numbers ain't your statistician. Fuck you know about true competition. Just like the AO picture on there talking about he hitting. The only one who's hitting are the ones that's currently spitting. We got the Missy Smitten rubbing on a little kitten. Dreaming up a world that's equal for women with no division. Boy, I tell you, that's vision. Like Tony Roma when he hit and with To try and be the best in eight division. Shaheed Muhammad cut it with precision. Who can come back years later, still hit the shot? Still, I'm trying to move you off the fucking block. Babylon, blood clot. You upon your head, Tom. Only black folks, Folks, you 
must go. That was a tribe called Quest. Thank you for returning to our lives, yes. Tribe Called Quest. God. Did you listen to Tribe Called Quest growing up? Midnight Marauders was one of the state. That was like one of the really? pillars. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of the, that's, the all-timers. That's one of the all-time pillars. I really kind of have to thank Brendan Shields because our mutual friend Brendan, who I'm with whom I grew up in Boriesville, uh, is a huge music file like you, Billy, and especially in the hip-hop world. Uh, and he was really one of the guys that turned me on to Tribe and Farside and some of those like – yeah, exactly. Right. Like socially conscious 90s hip hop. I was in my Wu-Tang, Nas, Biggie, right. Snoop hole yeah. for when I was – It's in- unfair to label all of those four that you just mentioned uh, gangster rap. Yes. But for the sake of lazy conversation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they were in that bucket and Tribe Called Quest and these groups were kind of in like the hippie rap. Exactly. For lack of a better – for lack of – literally for lack of a better – For lack of, of a better. That is a unfair uh, broad paintbrush to paint them with. Right. But that is – yes, to sort of like reduce them down to that. Um, and like with Talib Kweli and Most Def, I would say we're also being that sort of activist hip hop right. vein. But Tribe is so good, and Q-Tip is one of the music. Is he one of the musical geniuses we have? Appreciate Q-Tip while he is here. Seriously, <laughs> that was my takeaway from this album. Turns out I need a lot more Q-Tip Seriously. in my life. Seriously, not just from a rapper's point of view, but he makes the music God. too. He's the producer, and he's so conscious. Yeah, his albums are so good. They so they had like a huge hot run when they put out like Scenario yes. and Award Tour yeah. and these like songs back in the nineties. And if right. you haven't listened to Midnight Marauder, get that. Please. But then they, like, like a generation after they put out those really hot albums, right. like eight years later, they also started putting out other songs, mm. too. And there was one song called Stressed Out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the hook with Faith Evans? Mm-hmm. It went, I really know how it feels to be stressed out, stressed mm-hmm. out. Oh, yeah. you face to face yep. with your adversity. Mm. Love it. And it's so, so hot. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> it is so it's just a hot. hot chorus. That's all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, we talk about it. Maybe we do play it in the two holes. We'll yeah. see where we get. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Shout out Tribe Called Quest. Absolutely. Shout out Fife Dog. Shout out Q Tip. Everyone in the group. Everybody. Busta Rhymes. Big and fans. I was in my Busta. I mean, Busta was my bridge. I think because I was big into Busta Rhymes when yes. that song Wuha came out. I was like, I mean, he that, had us all in check. He was had us all in check. Right. Wuha, Wuha. Yeah. Yeah. The story between him is. I think we talked about this yesterday Please. too. Is that so when Tribe Called Quest was jumping off there right. was other groups similar to them jumping off as well one was called leaders of the new school right if you've never heard of leaders of the new school go on youtube right now and yeah. just type it in Enjoy. you'll see early buster rhymes at his most prolific and yeah. gifted and yeah. hungry yeah he was the front man of that group yes and then when he was asked to join a scenario yes he took off it's really good and then when disaster strikes came the buster rhymes album unbelievable unreal buster rhymes is so awesome and you were telling me something i didn't know about him he's from long island yeah i'm pretty sure he reps Rep long island long hard island my right. god he and sh- just like every guy from long island you start out as a skinny twerp and you end up jacked <laughs> you just end up jacked no one asked you to be Jacked. The Buster Rhymes diet. No one asked Buster Rhymes. No one asked Dave Chappelle <laughs> they are to be Jack. He's Jack. My dog's got Jack. <laughs> Sick. Buster Rhymes is legit like like Jack duh. Yeah. yeah Did you see Chappelle on SNL? He's big. Dude doesn't mess around. No, he's big. Give me all that. Yeah. Good yeah. to see Dave and Tribe. I mean, like, that was a... Right. Is... When we talk about how sometimes it could feel like we're moving back in time, right. like, how are we going back to these right. people and ideals in the White House? Like, right. we've moved past this. Sometimes it's nice to move back in time and get what you like. Yes, exactly. Tribe Called Quest Tribe and Dave Chappelle. Quest. Yes. It's wild that that timed out the way it did on SNL. I know. 
you know, because it's like it's such an interesting thing to think that like they were cast, they were uh, slated to host and be the musical guests before the r- results were in, right? And everything that they said was so I know. timely. Like the I know. Tribe album feels like we knew this guy was going to be it. There's we a track need called more Donald. We need more protest music, right? right. Now. They knew that before the results came in, right? It's fascinating. How far in advance do they? Uh, this is I'm asking sincerely. They announced two weeks before. Two weeks, yeah. And they're pretty. I know from ex- uh, experience that they, at least like in the whole SNL office world, yeah. there is like where the writers go and that's on like one end of the hall. Yeah. And then it's kind of like Lauren's office and a bunch of like his assistants and people who work with him to book guests and keep yeah. the executive branch up. Yeah. And they would always have a list of potential people. Sure. Cue cards. I mean, not cue cards, index cards on yes. the wall of people that they were trying to get and all this kind of stuff. Yes. And then it gets announced two weeks in advance. Very cool. This is slightly related and has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but I also just want to say how cool it is in terms of the comedy world overlapping with other worlds. Uh, there's a wonderful show at UCB that it's called Ask Cat. That's like their staple flagship improv show. Yeah. And here in Los Angeles, a couple weeks ago, Charles Barkley was the guest monologist. Correct. Of Ask Cat. I was supposed to have a friend over for dinner, and I got a text saying, can't come. I'm going to see Barkley right now. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's a dream. And we'll leave it at that. What a dream. I think I thought that because he has hosted SNL, I think. Yes, definitely. definitely. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, you know who's going to be doing Ask Cat in a year? Who? Uh, Barack Obama. Yeah! Definitely. He's going to be doing all of the cool things now. Oh, man. You think he's not hosting SNL next year? He is, right? He yeah. totally is? Has to. Oh, my God. We Has love to. you, Barack. Yes. We love you, dude. And if you're having a nice time in this 30-second window of this podcast, listen to last week's episode all about us we just saying over and over again. How much we adore him. We love you, Barack. We love you, Barack. <laughs> we love you now more than ever, Barack. And if we're revisiting past episodes, Adam, I think it's worth noting um, – did you go to the beach on November 5th and put ice in the ocean? Oh, it totally slipped my mind. Same. We, <laughs> if you listen to episode 46, theme, cold, cold. Uh, we set forward a very reasonable, very attainable global warming, and I don't want to, I say this not too lightly, fix. If everyone, fix. if everyone, <laughs> everyone around the world goes to 7-Eleven on November 5th and gets one bag of ice. Go to your nearest ocean. Doesn't matter what country you're in. Go to your nearest ocean. Go to the ocean. Your local ocean. With the bag you got from 7-Eleven or a gas station. Doesn't matter. But it needs to be a pretty big bag. It should be a big bag of ice. And when someone counts off, one, two, two three, three, four, five, <laughs> rip your bag. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. You rip your bag and put the ice Dump back the ice in the ocean. the ocean. We're trying to get those polar caps refrozen. So we're not men of our word. No, we're not men. We didn't do that. We talked about it for five minutes and we forgot completely. We talked a bit of a big game. So for November 5th, 2017. We're doing it. Two bags of two ice. Two bags. Everyone. Double down on this commitment to the environment. Get two bags of ice from your 7-Eleven. Right. Use the bag of ice that you're using to ice the bag of ice in the car as you go to the ocean so the first ice doesn't melt. Yes. Use both of those bags of ice. Yes. Dump them into the ocean. Reduce global warming. It's simple. It's a, that's a, it's guys, it's an easy fix. If you you have no idea what we're talking about. Revisit episode 46, yes. Cold. Yes. It's all in there. Yes. Also within that episode, Adam, we asked people to send us their starter jackets. Maybe it's a big ask. God, that might be a huge ask. What's our starter jacket count at now? Uh, I think it's at our nice round zero. Okay, so a donut on the jackets, <laughs> donut on the ice. <laughs> all right. But we're still activists. But at least we asked. <laughs> we're My, still fighting for what we believe in. We're still doing it. Starter jackets and ice. Right. Um, now, Billy, Thanksgiving for your family yeah. uh, is, is was an annual... It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, so it's the second act, and we should talk about the present lives. Yeah. I'm just going to rewind a couple of years. Please. One tradition that I have um, with my friends mm-hmm. during Thanksgiving mm. is 
I kind of I live in a type of family where you know that on Thanksgiving morning it's already going to start smelling like Thanksgiving. It's not the a turkey's bad thing. in the oven at 9 a.m. Oh, There's like greens being cooked and mashed potatoes being mashed and carrots and macaroni and cheese, and you just know that. The house is on, like, peak smell. It's so nice that Thanksgiving's the day where it's okay to start eating meat pre-9 a.m. Oh, please. <laughs> like, my- d- dinner meat, lunch and dinner meats are okay literally as soon as the sun peaks its head over the horizon. It's a gratuitous day. <laughs> Eat as much as you can Excess. and fall asleep at 6. Excess. But while that was happening at my house and all the lovely family members that I have were working so diligently to feed us, yes. I would leave. <laughs> because I had a responsibility and a tradition to uphold. That tradition is the turkey bowl. Yeah. Now, you want to break that down for a sec? The turkey bowl is, for me and my friends, and I think a lot of other friends around the country, um, an annual opportunity to play tackle football. Yeah. And the older you get, the more you shouldn't play (laughs) tackle (laughs) football. For sure. But we started when we were like 16 years old, and it probably went until we were about like 26, 27, where – Bef- the night before Thanksgiving is called Black Wednesday. Right. You know Black Wednesday is. Because it's like the biggest party day of the year. Everyone's home from college. Everyone comes home from college. It's usually the first opportunity where freshmen, sophomores can kind of see their old hometown pals and kind of brag and get really drunk together. Exactly. We would do that. Yes. We would go black. Oh, it was a blackout Wednesday? I don't know what Whatever it is exactly. It is. Yeah. There's some sort of negative connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. But you had to wake up on Thursday. And play in the turkey bowl. Got to. No matter how drunk you are, no matter how hungover you feel. That was the whole thing. That's the part of the Because we all thing. knew how hungover everyone was, but we still woke up, put on these weird sweatpants that we pulled yes. out of some weird box in yes. a weird attic. Yes. And we were all nauseous. And it was pure joy. Yeah. And we would play, and it was just as if, like, the weather gods would uh, give us what we wanted, and it would rain. <laughs> and yeah. it would be pure mud. God. And it would be the one opportunity for us to wear cleats. Yeah. And play football. Come on. And that is one of my favorite, absolute favorite memories. Because I can remember every age that my friends were. Yes. And I remember when some of us started gaining more weight. And then I played rugby for two years. Yes. So like, I would come back to Turkey Bowl and I was like jacked. You were fit? Like you were the most jacked fit. I've ever been. Yeah, Buster Rhymes levels. <laughs> I was Buster Rhymes. <laughs> I was Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of my favorite yeah. Thanksgiving. And then, of course, you come home. The house smells so great. You're muddy and gross and sweaty and feeling so good. And you know you have a football triple header on the television. It's pretty good. Games at 10, 1, 4. And then there's another one. There's a night game. They so. added a fourth one. Yeah. I know. I know. Yes, the, the football. I mean, we have a similar tradition because my dad is a big football fan and played football in college. So he would definitely – he was the instigator of many a turkey bowl. And that is a so cool, by the way. What's that? That your dad played football in college. Yeah. That's like – you can't <laughs> fake that. No. Like, that's like – you have to be like a really strong, good athlete to play that sport. And like you can you can make whatever joke you want, but that's an objective fact. Yeah. You hear that, dad? It's impressive. That's – I'm seriously <laughs> impressed. Not yeah. only that, was he a running back? He was a running back. So that's crazy. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. I would never in a million years point to your dad and say, hey, you were a black belt and a running back in college, right? I know. He's very much both. Cheers, Jeff. That's badass. And he would never say this. And I think that because it's a little uh, braggadocious uh, and he hates attention. So he probably is is cringing listening to us say these words right now. I'm looking at you, his son, who is the same exact way. (laughs) Uh, But I want to say that he was even – because he grew up in Syracuse. He ended up playing at Franklin College, a tiny little school in Indiana, because he would get playing time. But I want to say he was recruited by Syracuse University not to play running back if he went to su he would have been like specialty walk on special teams never play whatever who cares he did syracuse come to one of his high school games or Ooh, something? i don't i mean like again he maybe by virtue of the fact that he literally his high school was literally right in syracuse next to the university well that's how it works that's yeah. how i mean yeah. uh, like a lot of high school kids that i went to school with were always so je- like great athletes who were yeah. like getting d1 scholarships yeah we're jealous that they didn't live in florida where these uh 
scouts just are. It's just local. Exactly. They go to the local games. So, yeah. of course, you, that's why St. John's back in the day used to be so great because they would find these kids Get in the streets the Queens of Queens Town, Brooklyn maybe. Exactly. and just be like, come to us. Exactly. So that makes sense that Syracuse would reach yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So he has sort of he sort of spearheads or has spearheaded uh, the tradition of us going to our adorable little pocket park across the street from yes. our house and tossing the football around oh. with – and my family was sweet in that when we were at NYU in college, um, we would – a lot of our – Billy, you are my mutual friends, uh, like Clayton and Katie and Chris and Rebecca and people who, if they lived far away or didn't want to necessarily travel home for Thanksgiving, they would all – we would all hop on the Amtrak train from New York City and take the train up to Albany and yep. everyone would sort of gather at my folks' house for Thanksgiving. So yep. that is really nice. That is the spirit of Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like whether it's real family, fake family, be around the ones that you love. Truly. You know? Yeah. Or at least tell the ones you love that you're thankful for them, whether and then, you can see them or not. And then tackle them into mud. Yes. And then slam their bodies into mud. Right. <laughs> and then apologize all throughout all Thanksgiving. Through, yeah. Offer to take them to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Take them to the hospital. Figure out how you're actually going to pay, even though their insurance is covering <laughs> it because their rates are going to go up. Figure out how you're going to cover that. It's Thanksgiving. All the while, green beans are cooking. Turkey's cooking. Mom's up early. <laughs> make it a turkey. Uh, oh, second act break ad. Great. Uh, let's go into uh, a quick ad. We're going to promote some things that we think are worth promoting real quick. Perfect. And we'll come back with this, the conclusive act of the No Joke Podcast. Let's do it. So no matter how you feel about the election results and the state of our nation at the moment, uh, one of the great ways to participate in our democracy and in our citizenry uh, is to vote with your dollar uh, and to financially support institutions uh, that reflect your values. And for us, uh, two big places that we like to give money to are the ACLU, which is the Civil Liberties Union, uh, and you can make a donation there at ACLU.org. Uh, and that, of course, has been set up to protect all minorities and people from all walks of life in this country to make sure that their civil liberties remain intact no matter who is president. Um, so I would strongly suggest going to their website, ACLU.org. It's very, very easy. You can donate once. You can like set up a monthly automated donation. Um, but that is one of the organizations that we here at No Joke really value. A uh, second organization that we'd like to shout out and encourage you guys to support is Planned Parenthood. Very much so. They have for 100 years been actively fighting for women's rights and health issues, uh, very often when other people would not. Yes. And now more than ever, um, we need to make sure that their doors stay open. Absolutely. That is their slogan, and I think it's a very powerful one. And if you agree that women deserve all protections, whether that's health or just mm -hmm. feeling like they live in a safe environment yep. and in a safe country that understands that they have specific needs, we encourage you to donate to PlannedParenthood.org. Yep. Everything that they do there is available to understand, yep. to be digested, to be downloaded, to be shared with people who may not fully understand what Planned Parenthood is. Absolutely. Adam and I strongly support it. No Joke strongly supports it. And Great. we encourage you to donate to PlannedParenthood.org. Mm -hmm. And ACLU.org. Thank you so much. Okay, and we're back. We're back. This is the third act of this, the No Joke Podcast. <laughs> that was like a Minnesota accent veering into absurdity. Did you ever see the Jimmy Fallon sketch where he was like the disc jockey and his whole thing was that he would always just say, and we're back. <laughs> just find any opportunity to heighten that. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> oh, my that was the, God. I, he was doing that sketch when I was interning at SNL. Yes. And that's just one of those things that by osmosis, I've now said as an adult. into your, and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, Billy, you were a you had in your DJing experience. Yeah. Did you ever have to implement terms like "and we're back"? Well, I, I we talked about this before. I was DJ at a roller skating. That's ring right. For four years. Yeah. And that's a big difference between uh, like DJing at bars and clubs, right. which I also did, and it's different than DJing at house parties. Yes. There's no. Uh, There'd be no real, like, uh, instance where I would need to say, and we're back at yes. a house party. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, like, literally the power went out and, and everyone we're... was panicking. And then, like, it came back on. And I just wanted to tell everyone who maybe their eyes were closed. <laughs> hey, we're back. Wake up, everybody. And we're back. <laughs> maybe their eyes were but closed. at the roller skating rink, I would say things, you know, adjacent. In that vein. Adjacent to and we're back. <laughs> it was mostly no speed, no speed skating, backward skating, or playing the game of tag on the skate floor. Good on the skate floor. Yeah. Yes. No skates. No speed skating. Yes. No backward skating. Yes. No playing the game of tag. Yes. Um, and this is the venue hot skates that we have explicitly shouted out on this podcast before. Go. If you haven't been, get there. If you're in the Northeast, I would say if you're in Maine, I would say that the the, the too far would be if you live below South Carolina yeah, or higher than Maine. It, if you're in Canada or let's call it Georgia. You don't need to get on the road for 17 hours to go roller skate. But if you are within that range, you, check should, really, it out. you should really go to hot skates. Check it out. Yeah. And no backward skating, please. Yes. And, and do not play the game of tag on the skate floor. Still applies. Yes. Still applies. It is the third act of this The No Joke podcast. Yes. And in this podcast today, we are talking about Thanksgiving. Yes. And in the vein, I mean, now that we live out here in Los Angeles and on the other side of the country from our homes mm-hmm. and our families, mm-hmm. um, it's also really great uh, and the, to have like fr- essentially Friendsgivings. Mm. And we have a lot of friends here in LA who, in lieu of people going home for Thanksgiving, um, uh, it just sort of continuing in that inclusive tradition. Uh, it's fun to just gather your friends if Which, you're not home. And I think that's beautiful because yeah. Harvard Sailing Team is very much a family. Very much. And it's easy to say, but it's true for it's us. It's actually true. And what I'm excited about with the future is that we will all have families yeah. at some point. Yes. And there is a very good chance or there is some chance that we may not all be living near our real families our parents. as we're raising our families. Right. Who knows? We may. Right. So it's really cool to think that this is how family is born. Yeah. And that in a series of years, some of us will have kids. Yeah. And they will know that this is who we get together yeah. with on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's so, nice. you know, Friendsgiving is more than just a, a cute term. That's right. You know, it really is a sort family. Of the and spirit it's the of the holiday itself. It's the people that you're saying, I want to share my love with. I yes. want to share my thanks with. Now, shifting gears just slightly, pivoting towards what's on the table itself. If you Are there any radical changes you would make to the traditional Thanksgiving food fair? I'd like to have a grape soda app. Wow. <laughs> app. <laughs> like an appetizer. Shooter. Like before we get to the mashed potatoes. Shooter. Here's Shots my thing. of grapes. <laughs> I know that everyone's been drinking beer for the last two hours pre-dinner. Yeah. Our mouths are dry. Yeah. And like we kind of have like a little bit of a buzz probably, but like yeah. a slowed down dumb buzz. What I want before the meal, before we get into more heavy foods. Check it up. Quick pick me up. Get me up. We've talked about this before on the when you're on the road, Adam. <laughs> quick pick me up. Um, you opt for sugary sweet candies versus chocolate. Always think, the gummy candy, the gummy I, worms. I think the same thing applies. A little bit of shock to the system. When you're on the road and everything's just boring and tiring, you need a shock to the system. Bingo, shock me. Give me a grape soda app. I love that. A I little think, shot. I think that a one liter I think a one liter of grape soda could probably cover a, a sixteen person table. Yeah, that'll do it. A sixteen ounce bottle of grape soda should cover sixteen people at your table. Just, Give everyone a one ounce shot. Everyone raise it up. I think that's a good way of also absolving everyone of taking it too seriously. Yeah. Because we all know that Uncle Jeff over here. Yes. Or whatever. Yes. Someone with like radical political beliefs. Yes. Wants this to go poorly. S- yes. Let's just say, hey, we all love grape soda. We can unify around Welch's. Let's start with Welch's. Nobody doesn't like Welch's. Sure. Jeff, Uncle Stan, Marissa, get in here. We love Welch's. Yes, Marissa. Marissa. Marissa, we're doing the Welch's get shot. Get off your phone and get in here and take the shot, one shot of grape soda. So, and then when Marissa gets in there, you do it. So don't wait for Marissa though, please. What about you? 
Uh, well, gosh, I mean, I am... I took care of the apps. Maybe you have an entree or a dessert you'd like to bring? Like a dessert that I was... I mean, look, I'm very... I wouldn't necessarily make any alterations or I'm not going to touch the main dinner entree fare. I'm very pro-turkey. I'm incredibly... My family does like a sweet potato yam situation Mm -hmm. that is just... Mm -hmm. uh, My Aunt Barbara, my cousin Barbara, I should say, makes an amazing cranberry sauce. And I'm not about... I don't want to mess with We're not asking you to remove anything. No, We're just saying, hey, what are you bringing to the party? Alterations. I mean, I I'm tend to... tend to I'm inclined to sort of examine the dessert fair. Okay. Uh, and in my personal family, okay. My uncle Mark every year brings a chocolate turkey. What? My uncle Mark <laughs> every year brings a chocolate turkey. Is the turkey turkey sized? Uh, Is it the size of a regular turkey? Not the size of a regular turkey, but bigger than you want it to be. So it's not like the Easter bunny chocolates that are like the size of a Hershey bar but in the shape of an Easter bunny. It's, it's like a Big chocolate it, turkey. It's a bi- it's bigger than it, it's a bigger than it should be. Chocolate turkey, listen, smaller than an organic actual IRL turkey, but pretty listen, close. Listen to the hesitation in Adam's <laughs> voice, and I think you could probably figure out the size. Yeah, volleyball sized. Yeah. Oh, that's too much turkey, it's and big. it's too much chocolate. It's big. Okay. It's physically hard to break. Oh yeah. It's a hard chocolate that's hard to even really get into. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that in the Easter candy world. That's yeah. tough when you have to crack the rabbit's head off, the chocolate <laughs> rabbit's head <laughs> it, off. It, it Feels violent. I've definitely done it over my knee before. <laughs> like Bo Jackson and a baseball bat. Sometimes you just got to rip. It doesn't, doesn't feel great. And it doesn't feel great in your mouth. <laughs> it's like four inches of like brick chocolate. It's like you like sometimes rest it on your teeth to wait for it to melt a little bit. It's <laughs> and like, it's not. This is not a joyful it's experience. It's not melting at all. Okay. So, so that's I, a complaint. What would you do? I would maybe soften that up. And to me, the texture really is the hard part. I want to take that chocolate turkey. Thank you, Uncle Mark. Yes, I want to thanks, take Mark. that chocolate turkey and let's melt that down into a fondue. Okay. You know what I mean? Let's okay. take the turkey. Okay. Uh, that is so hard and is such an affront to our teeth. Will we do it in front of everybody? It I would think be like that, a ceremonial turkey burn? I think so. A ceremonial turkey melt. A ceremonial turkey melt. I think that is a great idea. A chocolate turkey melt. Okay. So we have the rock hard chocolate turkey that our uncles bring. Okay. And we gather around in a circle. Okay. Uh, we light it a flame. Okay. We take the that time to be contemplative and reflective okay. on years gone by and other turkeys, chocolate turkeys we've may have melted down. Yes. Uh, we allow it to melt down into a sweet, sweet chocolatey paste. Okay. Uh, what are we dipping in said turkey melt? Uh, I'm going to go for like a plain, uh, uh, not plain, but like a subtle uh, a shortbread cookie. Okay. Like a Walker shortbread. So Simple. Th- so what you're really contributing is the idea of this melting chocolate turkey. Fondue. We're not, we're not going to get freaky around every corner. We're not I mean, dipping like regular turkey into the melted turkey. I mean, to me, if you want to get crazy, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? If you want to get totally crazy and like re sort of like rev up your nausea from okay. the Thanksgiving football game earlier in that day, you can totally do that. But, okay. Uh, I'm not such a dessert radicalist that okay. I'm trying to dip meats in chocolates I'm necessarily. A, I like that. That seems fun for everybody. And <laughs> it's it also a fun. Yeah, I think it's like kind of like a, a little bit of theater. It's theater. It's mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. Uh, we've so, left. We've left the entrees uh, alone. Yeah. I'd like to contribute. Okay. So in my house, we have a lot of macaroni and cheese. Mm. Uh, like most people, it's God one bless. of their favorite. Meals of Thanksgiving and all time. We were all six years old once. Right. We've talked about um, how cats really only come in one size. Cats? I'll get to my point. Great. But we've discussed this on the Pets episode with Thara and I. Yes. On the Pets episode, we said that They're pretty unisized. Dogs come in all shapes and sizes. Cats seem una. Yeah. (laughs) To me, most of the macaroni and cheese I'm eating at Thanksgiving is elbow macaroni. Okay. You know, you kind of get a lot of bang for your buck. Yep. And it can cover an eight by ten like one of those dishes. Easily. Yeah. Yep. You get a lot of bang for your buck. Standard bottom, macaroni. Which is fun. Fine. It's it's worked for us in the past. Okay. One thing I'd like to see 
is massive elbows. Whoa. Everyone gets one big elbow. <laughs> one, one huge elbow macaroni? So you know in drain pipes when they need to turn a corner yes. and you need that pivot point piece yes. of drain pipes? It's maybe like the size of a brick? Yes. Like a big Tetris piece? <laughs> yes. I, wanna, I want a brick-sized uh, <gasps> noodle that is covered in cheese, but it's just one noodle. I want to use a knife and fork on one noodle. Well, now I want that. Exactly. Well now, well, now that you say that, I have not considered that, and I want that. Now. I think there's something really fun about everyone getting a plate-sized noodle. What? Everyone gets one noodle, Shut and when you finish your mac help, and your, cheese, your one, one mac, <laughs> your one mac covered in cheese. Does that, did everyone get mac? That's I, really good. I mean, I think that could be fun. We get a grape. We get a grape soda shooter yep, again. Everyone eats one big noodle, good cheese, and then we burn the turkey. Okay, have a little fondue. That's Marissa, pretty... is that okay with you? You know, Adam, we did a video as God, Harvard Sailing Team called Hipster Thanksgiving. Yes. A couple of years ago. Yes. It was seen by a lot of people. Yes. And I think it was a lot of fun for all of us to do. It was really, really great. That seems like a meal that they might have eaten. Yeah, just the one Big Mac. <laughs> the soda the soda shooter followed by Mac and then we have chocolate. Followed by Mac. Have your one Mac and it's cheese. Are you into it? I think I'm into a giant elbow. I've never even seen giant pasta, but I now that you say that, I feel like that should totally, totally yeah. should be a thing. So when I went to the Grove, which is the big outdoor mall in Los Angeles for the first time, yeah. um, I stumbled upon something that I had never seen before, and it was very exciting to me, and I knew I had to buy it because I knew I needed to mail to somebody. What was it? The world's biggest gummy bear. Okay. The world's biggest gummy bear is over a foot high. Jesus. And it weighed about five pounds. Oh, my God. One singular gummy bear. Good God. But the novelty of it was so impressive that I knew I needed to send it to my best friend, Steve Corvette. <laughs> it cost me like $25 in shipping and about $60 to buy. So unnecessary. But here's what I will say about it. There was something really cool about knowing that he was going to have to receive it and take a steak knife and just start chopping off like angles of it when ready. And if he just chopped off this, this gummy bear's foot, that's a meal. That's a huge this meal. This thing was huge. That's a dessert for a week. Dense, dude. Jesus. So I imagine that rice and grain isn't as expensive as making these gelatin huge gummy bears. Yeah. Let's make huge noodles. Huge noodles. Give me one Big Mac. I mean, it's just like, I feel like there has been the diminutization of food. We have mini cocktail weenies. There's a hot dog, and then there's the mini cocktail hot yeah. dog. Yeah. Why not go the opposite direction and scale up? Take foods that are meant to be small and scale them the F up. You just stumbled upon something huge. Scale them up. It seems like it's <laughs> going to be a, uh, we're going to be going big money. It's going to be about the economy for the next yeah. four years. It seems yeah. like that's what the priority is. Right. And if we're going to start inflating things that don't need to be inflated We need to adjust macaroni for inflation. I'm just saying. If we're going to do it for the serious stuff, let's do it for the dumb stuff. That, not, that is not a bad idea. If we're going to be the most, quote unquote, American oversized country for the next four that years. That should apply to our noodles. That should apply to the dumb and that should apply to the start. Okay. We, at no joke, start with noodles. <laughs> we want a new Big Mac. Okay. And it doesn't get sold at McDonald's. I am getting very inspired in this moment. Who, if, you at home, Mac. if you at home have any... Uh, look, I've made pasta, but I only have the tools to make traditional pasta. We make traditional, normal-sized elbow and corkscrew pastas. If you have a friend at home who knows how to make pasta and can make huge Please. novelty noodles... We're looking at you, Chef Nick Corby, our chef friend in New York. If you can make us the Mac. We need huge novelty <laughs> noodles. We know that we asked you to go to the ocean and bring <laughs> the ice. We know that we asked you to bring us the starter jackets. <laughs> All of those things get pushed to the side because right now we need the Big Mac. Please. The Big Mac. The new Big Mac for a new America. I think we have done our job here today. <laughs> we've done it. Adam, we agreed not to talk politics, and I think we did a very good job. And I'm proud of you and I for being able to be serious and simultaneously be 
be so, so stupid. The sometimes. politics of macaroni. God bless us. God bless us and God bless everyone. And God bless America. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll be back next week like sure we will always be. are. And we'll be dumb as ever, guys. That's our promise to you. Thank you so much for listening. We love doing this podcast. We love you and we appreciate you for listening. I agree. Yes. For the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will be here for you next week. Take care. That was a HeadGum Podcast.